Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of Views from the Arch. I am your host, Delvon, and today we're talking about Kenosha, the riots, and Kyle Rittenhouse. Alright everybody, let's jump right in. So, as I'm guessing, everybody has heard and or seen and or social media viewed, I'm sure everyone knows the name Kyle Rittenhouse, at least right now. So... Mr. Rittenhouse was in Kenosha the 26th of this month. On the 26th of this month, while he was in Kenosha, there was also riots. Um, Mr. Rittenhouse arrived with the Boogaloo Boys, which are, they're being called a white supremacist group from Lake County, Illinois. Uh, You know, arguably, I'm not for sure what they're all about. I did do a really quick Google search, which brought up that they are a right-winged extremist group. Um, I don't really know what some of their views are. I honestly didn't really even dig into it. Um, You know, they're not, you know, I'll talk about that later. But I I didn't really dig into it for certain reasons. Um, While in Kenosha, however, uh, Kyle got into a situation during the riots and the conclusion of the situation left two dead and one injured uh, during a shooting. So let's kind of talk about what happened. Let's try to follow some of the um, you know, facts at hand. Uh, it is important to note as we go through this that Rittenhouse has been charged with um, six different uh, felony charges, the highest one being murder first of intentional homicide, and that is per um, Wisconsin. He was also charged with, uh, I don't know what they call it, but basically um, like felony evading law enforcement since he went back, um, since he went back to Illinois, uh, they charged him with like a, like evading prosecution. So let's start off what happened. Kyle Rittenhouse arrived in Kenosha with the Boogaloo Boys, um, according to what I'm hearing, and this is per the New York Times and um, the Washington Post, Rittenhouse and his group was actually hired um, and requested to come to Kenosha to, since I don't, I don't believe the two are actually that far away from each other, even if they are, uh, they were requested to come by some of the store owners who in the night, who in night one and two and three of the riots had a lot of their property destroyed. So this group was asked to come uh, armed, but with mostly medical equipment. And once again, per the Washington, uh, per the New York Times and Washington Post, that is true. They did come with medical equipment. Um, and Kyle Rittenhouse had several medical uh, pouches and bags on him to help uh, protesters and his uh, and the Boogaloo Boys alike to become injured by anything in the protest. But... Uh, he was asked to come down, and he was, and this is just according to reports, he was asked to basically uh, stand guard over the businesses, kind of help shoo away uh, the riffraff from the looting and the burning, um, since a lot of the businesses were destroyed in the first three nights of rioting. So according to reports, while Rittenhouse was uh, over doing overwatch over these businesses, the crowd you know, demanded he move. He stated he would not. 
that's when the crowd became angry. And according to what Mr. Rittenhouse is saying, he became fearful after they became more aggressive and he tried to flee the area. Now, we don't have any video or any confirmation of anything that happened um, prior to seeing him fleeing, right? Excuse me, I had to get a drink of water. So, all the videos pick up with Rittenhouse running through a parking lot. Um, this has been said to be the parking lot adjacent to the building that he was that he was quote unquote protecting. So while Mr. Rittenhouse is running through the parking lot, you see uh, one individual, and this video was actually released yesterday, not on the first night that all the videos came out. You see an individual shooting a handgun several times, either at or right above uh, Kyle. Another individual is chasing him down the video and through what was, as of right now, is being said to be a failed Molotov cocktail. It's a Molotov cocktail that um, was, that did not ignite, right? Um, and then you hear more gunshots, and then you do see uh, Kyle turn around, and he shoots several times, uh, injuring and ultimately killing um, one individual. You see more videos picking up with Rittenhouse retreating down the street. He's running back towards the crowd. Um, when an individual uh, runs up behind him and hits him in the head with a skateboard, you know, as to how hard the hit was or what to the effect of, I, we aren't for sure. However, the video and reports do show that the individual struck Rittenhouse with a skateboard. Rittenhouse then falls, right? Um, after Rittenhouse falls, another man comes up and kicks him in the face. Uh, this is when Rittenhouse begins to, to fire his firearm. Um injuring one man who was then running up as well, approaching him with a pistol in his hand. He shot him in the lower bicep. Uh, that individual retreated, and he shot the man with the skateboard, fatally wounding him as well. Um, so that's kind of where we are in the situation uh, as far as the events that took place. Extremely crazy, extremely wild events. Um, you know, of course, a lot of this information is coming from Kyle's defense team, uh, which it's also... Uh, we should also note that the individuals who are representing um, Kyle are also representing the Sandman, the Sandman case, if we all recall that, the student who was, uh, you know, deemed uh, racist um, by uh, a group whenever he was in, um, whenever he was in uh, Washington, D.C. for standing in front of the uh, Native American man. Um, you know, according, at least I, I believe it's Washington, D.C. I, I might be wrong on that city, actually. Let me, let me go and redact that. But uh, the attorney is Mr. John Pierce of Pierce uh, Bainbridge, and that that's who's representing him. So according to uh, his legal team, you know, Kyle fired his weapon only when he thought that his life was in, you know, danger and that he did make uh, attempts to retreat. You know, kind of looking at the video, that appears to be the case. We're going to go and cover some things later on. Um, as always, I'm going to give you guys kind of what's going on, and then I'm going to go and give you guys my opinion on some things. Um, you know, but it was a, it was an extremely, uh, extremely wild event, uh, <laughs> to say the least. I was actually scrolling on Facebook, or not Facebook, on Twitter whenever all that happened. And that video just like randomly popped up and I was like, whoa, what is going on here? What's going on here? 
Um, so, you know, a couple of things that have happened since uh, the the Illinois judge that's overseeing this case has actually put a halt on the extradition process for a month, um, citing that they believe that Kenosha's DA filed charges in haste without performing a thorough and, ju- and you know, full investigation. I do have thoughts on that later as well. Um, so currently the states are in kind of a kind of a little battle about, you know, whether he should be extradited or not. But the judge in Missouri or not Missouri, that's where I'm at. Ju- the judge in Illinois has put a halt to the extradition. Um, you know, more facts have come out. Uh, this is per the New York Times confirms that police did recover 16 other bullet uh, shell casings from, you know, various uh, um, caliber uh, bullets. Um, and they are said not to be in, you know, in conjunction with the ones that Mr. Rittenhouse was using. Uh, they were, you know, he was using, I believe he was using five, five, six rounds and they were not that. Um, they were small handgun rounds, uh, mostly nine mil. Um, and it does, apparently according to the investigation so far, it does give a hold to water that uh, people, other people in the crowd were shooting and were armed. Also that is seen on video. There's actually a video where um, somebody's recording the events taking place in the parking lot, and you actually hear the bullets whiz over them and strike what I'm guessing is the metal fence behind them. And seconds later, they go, oh, that's Antifa. They're shooting. They're shooting. And you actually you know, can hear that as they're saying that, and they retreat from the area as well, which, of course, ended their recording of the incident. But there's a lot of video to be for everybody to kind of go on, not as far as us in the population, but as far as law enforcement. So that'll be good. Um, I'm ultimately curious to see what happens uh, at the end of this. And I'm very curious to see how all this is going to play out. Um, you know, a couple other things that, you know, were kind of noticed was, um, you know, you know, Rittenhouse was retreating. I know that was a big thing in the case. Um, the fact that, you know, in all the videos shown, he's actively running away from a situation um, that is getting that's being deemed to be dangerous. So we will see what exactly happens. Now we're gonna take a small break. Now that getting guys' situation, we're gonna hear a message from our sponsors. When we come back, I'll have a much bigger piece, kind of about my opinion on a whole lot of this. So as of right now, take a message from our sponsors. Hello, everybody. I know you know me, but I'm going to tell you again, I'm your phenomenal host, Delvon. Let's talk about somebody. Let's talk about Anchor. Listen, I use Anchor for Views from the Arch. I've had a previous podcast. I used Anchor on that podcast. I think Anchor is a phenomenal website to use if you're a starting podcaster and you want to get your voice out there. They will help you. They will push your podcast out to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I think if you're an individual and wants to start a podcast, please consider using Anchor. Anchor is a great website. Simple, easy, and quick to use. All right, guys. About to get into the second part of the podcast. So, this is where I either make you mad or I make you glad. Hopefully, I do neither. But I'm going to get into my opinion, you know, kind of what I observed legally. You know, as a lot of people know, I am in public safety. Um, so, you know, kind of what I know about, 
the law and the practices. You know, I know Missouri is different than Wisconsin. They're different states. They have different rules. Um, you know, so be that as it may, some of what I'm saying might not transfer. But a lot of what I'm going to say is probably going to, you know, end up being a rights argument. We'll, we'll see. So first, let's get into this. You know, the media covering this, I think, has been very atrocious. It's been, you know, it's clown talk. It's clown, it's clown talk on all sides. It's clown talk coming from the right. You know, the right has this weird ability to really, you know, screw over themselves and any amount of cultural argument. And when I say cultural argument, I mean, the right has to just beat people with facts all the time, right? And I, I, I like facts. I, I like facts a lot, actually. However, sometimes you got to put down that little uh, that little factual hard outer shell and kind of be like person to person, emotion to emotion, you know, like I'm not going to say if I do, if I don't agree with Rittenhouse. Um, however, I will say I understand the anger, you know, because ultimately there's two people dead, right? There's two people dead who were a husband, a father, you know, boyfriend, son, you know, there's, you know, there's two people who were giving something to society and to other people, and now they're never going to give that again. So I understand the frustration. I understand the uh, the urge to want that person punished, right? The person who took that person away from you, um, you know. And on the right, they do a lot of clown talk. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of unwillingness to be empathetic and sympathetic to people's pain you know i think the right really loses themselves and i think the left has some clown talk they really lose themselves you know the left is the first person to put something out factual or not and start asking for basically a lynch mob you know um i know in this whole thing you know they want rittenhouse to go to jail serve his life in prison yada 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 and i'm going to cover some facts and why that might be true why that might not be true here in a moment the whole thing is this, though, you know, we don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction to something. So I agreed with the Illinois judge who halted the extradition. You don't want a knee-jerk reaction. If it's a clear case or an uh, even an unclear case, but a case of self-defense, right? If we've reached the threshold of reasonable doubt, right, which is what, so all we know we need in, in the justice system, reasonable doubt that you did it out of X, Y, Z, right? Because ultimately, murder first, which is what he's charged with, that's his, that's the biggest crime, is you had intent, right? Your culpable mind state, we just call it a culpable mind state, right? Your mind state was, I'm going to go down there, I'm going to kill these people, and I'm going to do it with this gun. That's murder first. You made a plan, right? I don't think they're going to be able to meet that threshold. I think that's going to be a hard threshold to legally meet, especially if their videos are going to be the defense's biggest tool, honestly, because... All of them show Rittenhouse attempting to flee what is an ongoing assault. I'll get to that in a second, though. But the knee-jerk reaction of the DA to charge him with all of these charges and want to imprison him and take away his freedoms right there and then, listen, you got to be careful not to form lynch mobs. You really have to be careful not to lynch mob people. You, you don't want to get caught in reforming the criminal justice system to be a lynching system, Right. And when I say that, I mean this, just because someone screams, hey, that's wrong, we're angry, does not mean you arrest somebody or take away their freedom. There are 
many, 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 many murder suspects who you you put a warrant out to question them, but you don't actually formally arrest them until you're like, he did it, right? You take your evidence to the DA. You're like, here's my evidence. Here's my report. Here's the interviews. Here's the eyewitnesses. I even interviewed him, you know, right now he is detained. Do we have enough tissue charges? The DA would then say, absolutely. He can remain in jail. We'll take this to trial, right? This wasn't that. This was, you're guilty, come back, you're going to go to jail, we have trial on Friday. I have never in my life seen a murder trial get put in a week. They said they wanted to have that man in court on Friday. Bruh, are you serious? Clown talk. It's clown talk. You can't even do a thorough investigation. It's clown talk. How can you do an investigation? Did your detectives canvas the areas for witnesses? Did they canvass the area for additional footage from local businesses? Did they canvass social media and other people for their cell phone footage? Did they speak to Rittenhouse? What's their evidence? What's the fingerprints? And what's the latent evidence on the other bullets? What's the evidence from Rittner's firearm? What are the laws that he exactly broke? Can you prove murder first? What charges are you applying on? There's so many questions that you have to wonder, did you guys even do the report yet? I mean, did you even do the report? You know, did you even do the police report? Is it even done? The police report? Can I get that? Can I request that? Can I pay for that right now? Is that going to be finished? A hard copy in my hands? I don't think so. There's no way. There's no way you as a homicide detective have done your due diligence in bringing about the best possible case the state can offer, right? And that's what you need to do. Listen, police work is slow. Police work is tedious. Police work sometimes isn't fun. It's not what you see in the movies, right? This isn't law and order. I'm not going to get the murder and then solve it and have him in jail on 45 minutes, okay? Something happened on the 26th, right? I do say something. We all we know is two people are dead. A young man fired a firearm. Another guy's injured. Lots of people had guns. Lots of people had, you know, um, and look, I'm just actually looking at a newest update right now on uh, the watch on the New York Times. Uh, just actually hit my smart news. Um one of the victims, are, I'll leave him unnamed. I don't want to, you know, upset anybody's family by naming anybody. Uh, of course, I'll use Kyle's name because he's the subject of the matter and he's national news, but I'm not going to outwardly put a victim's name out there. Um, possible, uh, Emmy declares possible bullet in the back. Uh, so shot possibly in the back, which would make sense because there's a lot of people in that crowd who had guns and were shooting at Kyle. That's something that was also concluded. There were 16 different bullets, and that's just what they've recovered on the first day from the crowd, where the crowd was, Rittner never was, and from a caliber weapon he wasn't even in possession of. So if one of these individuals who died was shot in the back, then that's tragic, right? That would be tragic as well. So there's so much information. There's so much information that I think it's clown talk on both sides to assume that one, you can be stone cold and just be like, you guys are dumb, go away. And on the other, you can be like, well, lynch mob, bring him back to the States and go to jail for the rest of his life. No, clown talk. You need to do your investigation, bring the best possible case, and then you need to request the extradition. And then you need to hold a appropriate trial. And quite frankly, you might need to hold a trial outside of the state of Illinois and Wisconsin. You might want to request that you hold trial in a different state entirely. 
I don't think this young man's going to be able to get a fair shake in Wisconsin. I also don't think the defense attorney can get a or, or the prosecuting attorney can get a fair trial in Illinois. This is bigger than that. You're going to want to hold that in another state. That's my personal opinion. Now, we continue. You know, the the claim that these store owners had people from out of state come out and guard their businesses, I completely believe that. I completely believe that. And, you know, that is somewhat hearsay third party. That's just what I'm getting from my news sources. Um, you got, please, I got, I'll say it in the end of the episode as well. Feel free to double check me, fact check me, leave comments. If I got something wrong, I do apologize. But that's just what I'm hearing. They hired or requested this group from out of state to come and help them protect their businesses. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. You know, I said it in the last episode, I'll say it again. Your level of anger does not equal your level of destruction, right? You don't get to destroy people's life savings, destroy their businesses because you're mad. Because you're mad. I don't understand what looting is going to do for your anger. I never have and I never will. I also don't get what burning down your community. I mean, because ultimately you're burning down Kenosha, right? You have to live there. What do you think these store owners are going to do? They might not hire you guys. They might they might just work themselves and close early or something. Um, businesses won't want to come back. Those mom and pops will never reopen. Big business will not want to invest. They won't want to bring their investments there out of fear of, well, what if that happens again? We're going to lose all of our stuff too? Million dollars in merchandise? We think not. You're, you need to start being careful, you know, uh, while view, while kind of, while kind of being on Twitter and Facebook, I'm starting to really realize, um, that while people were kind of with it for a second, you know, the movement, they're not really with it. Now people are starting to become more fearful, right? You have these large mobs of people who are armed, who are throwing Molotov cocktails, who are burning things. They're coming into people's communities. They're 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 confronting them in groups while they're out to eat. I just saw a video on YouTube of a of a Black Lives Matter group um, approaching a couple while they're eating at a restaurant and demanding that they raise their fists in solidarity. And the couple goes, "No, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that." And the couple's like, "It's not that we don't care. It's just that I'm not getting involved. Like this isn't. I, I don't want to put a dog in the fight." So instead of leaving. And being like, okay, you know, whatever. They choose to scream at them and disrupt their meal and create an ongoing disturbance. That's not okay. Your right to protest is fine, but leave other people alone. Let them live their lives. If they wish to not engage with you or your movement, you know, to me, that's perfectly fine. If that's the case, then I don't need you. If you're not going to help me, then why do I need you? You're not going to be on my side And when, when the axe comes down hard. So go away, right? I'm just saying, these are things I'm noticing. You know, another big contention point is that people were wrong, or people were very mad because the police were on video, admittingly, right? They're, you can't deny that. They're on video saying, like, hey, we appreciate you guys. Uh, here's some water. You know, my thing is this, in a time when the police are on daily belittled, spit on, doused in gasoline with, you know, fireworks thrown at them and try to light them on fire, uh, hit with bricks in the head, putting them in the ICU, uh, hit with metal trash can lids, once again, putting them in the ICU, 
um, Molotov cocktails thrown at them, shot at these protests, right? Cars rammed into them. I mean, the list goes on and on. Any person who wants to be nice to a police officer, you will probably get a fair shake. You you will probably have a thank you coming your way. Um, because, you know, many police officers, and I've talked to many police officers, feel like we don't have any friends right now in all of this. Um, so we might want to get them where we can get them, right? And, you know, like I said, I'm not for sure if, you know, like I said, I'm not sure if the Blue Blue Boys or white supremacist group or not. I do know they're listed as right-wing extremists. To me, that's not exactly white supremacy, but, you know, I digress. Either way, I don't really fault the police officers for being nice to them. I'm sure if the Black Lives Matter protesters or the protesters in the city or even the rioters stopped, stopped rioting, or the protesters walked up and said, hey, we appreciate you guys for uh, letting us protest. How's your day? I'm sure they'd be like, how's your day? Now, if they're on the protest line, it is it is common measure that departments don't engage even friendly with protesters. They don't like the officers to engage in conversation because the littlest comment could spark something, right? The littlest comment could be the next social media trend, right? So most departments, if you see those guys lined up on the, on the riot lines with their shields, they're not going to talk to you because they're not supposed to. They can actually lose their jobs for that. That's very common amongst most police departments. But, you know, as I'm looking at this, especially in Kenosha, this is a whole new level of violence, at least in my opinion. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing, you know, cops being put in the hospital, ICU critical condition. I'm seeing a whole town on fire in the background. People are fist fighting and shooting at each other. I mean, it's an absolute loss of control. It's an absolute loss of con- loss of control. And, you know, to me, it's it's really scary. I think right now we're seeing a cultural civil war. And my biggest fear is what if that civil war becomes a hot civil war. You do start having these groups, uh, BLM, Antifa, you know, these uh, these these groups becoming armed and engaging in, you know, they're already engaging in fistfights with counter-protests. I would hate to see it become gun battles, right? Gun battles in the middle of downtown Chicago with a counter-protest group would be absolutely tragic because what are the police going to do? Stay in the middle of the gunfire and be like, everybody stop. Ab- absolutely not. They're going to leave and be like, we'll come back when this is all done. <laughs> well, we hope you guys stop doing that. We can't stop you without hurting you. So we're going to skedaddle. Um, because really no matter what the police do, they can't be correct, Right. The police can't be correct. Um, so, and, and I mean, and just to kind of give you more of an example, you know, I'm, I'm looking through some of my other news, you know, in Kenosha, you have somebody pointing a rifle at the Sheriff Bearcat. And for people who know what a Bearcat is, a Bearcat is basically a giant um, armored vehicle. It's usually used to transport, um, you know, it could transport riot police. It can transport you know, SWAT, SWAT uses them a lot because they stay inside people's houses. And, you know, if they ever get shot at, they hide behind the Bearcat. It's a bulletproof vehicle. However, you in Kenosha, there's a video of a young man in the middle of the street or several young men in the middle of the street, and they're aiming rifles at the Bearcat, the Sheriff's Bearcat. And the Sheriff Bearcat stops, orders them to move. Ultimately, in the video, they shoot at the Bearcat. That's not okay. That is not okay. It's not okay to assault law enforcement or anybody with deadly force just because you're angry. 
it's not okay to assault law enforcement with deadly force because you're mad. No matter the uniform they wear, it's inappropriate. And ultimately, you're going to be very off-putting in your movement. You can't you can't club them over the head and then say, well, respect me and be a part of my movement. They're going to say, no, I don't want to be part of your anything. You know, it's kind of like, what if I punched you in the face? And I was like, well, let's go get dinner. You'd be like, no, go away. I won't talk to you, man. You just punched me in the face. Who are you? So, um, <laughs> I mean, that, that's just my two cents, you know. So, but getting back, you know, I, I, I think that the whole, I think the store owners were scared. I think they had an inability to protect their storefronts. I think that they wanted to. And I think that they, you know, they asked for help. Um, you know, another point of contention was the police. You know, well, the police let them walk right by. You know, to be fair, and this is just me being fair, I don't think they know who was shooting. They don't know. I, if you listened to the to the dispatcher, I highly doubt it was, you know, Unit 470. You have uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, shooting at protest. I doubt that that's what happened. It probably came out as like, hey, uh, officers, there's a shooting, white male holding a rifle, maybe wearing this, running, running with a crowd, right? But it, it, and on top of there already being a riot, the radio is probably inundated with 911 calls, information, officers updating other officers, right? I mean, there's probably so much going on in those squad cars, so much information being passed in that radio. I doubt that they didn't even know the shooting was going on until it was already over. And that's usually how it is for, for law enforcement around the country. You know, going to any regular shooting is chaotic. You know, the dispatcher's giving you updates. You're going, you know, lights and sirens very loudly. You know, you're trying to look for a suspect. There might not be a suspect still on scene. Usually suspect is gone in a car or on foot or they're high. I mean, it's very, very chaotic. Now, take into account you have officers down. You have a riot. You have burning buildings. You have fire alarm on the same radio system. You have dispatcher giving you updates. You have other officers trying to get your locations and trying to coordinate things. You have other officers in the midst of arrest. You have other officers on a riot line. And then you have a shooting happening. That is so much information. That is so much information. It's it's astonishing that people expected them to know that the kid walking with his hands up, like everyone else in the crowd, was the kid who did it. That is absolutely, I mean, it, it's asinine. It's asinine to expect that, you know. And this is kind of where I get to sometimes with people, and not, now I'm ranting a little bit, but, you know, Police officers are just people, you know, they don't come on max stats, you know, police officers don't come with, with, you know, 10 out of 10 in every category on stats. It ain't a video game. And I think to expect that you're setting them up for failure. That's not fair. You know, if the police ignored the event entirely and never came and they never issued charges, sure. You know, that's wrong. The police came. Their first response was probably for the victims. That is, that is usually departments, most departments have that policy. You respond, you respond to secure the area, right? The area needs to be deemed safe for EMS. So EMS can come and grab your victims. Your also sole responsibility is getting to the victims. One, make sure they're okay. If they're shot, try to render them some type of aid. Three, get information. What happened? Do you know this person? What's he look like? What's he wearing? Is he in a car? Is he on foot? Why'd he shoot you? Where is he heading to? You need to get as much information 
and give it to other officers who can then surround that area, right, and look for that person. So, you know, I don't think the police just rode past Mr. Rittenhouse and was like, oh, he's good. We gave him water earlier. And they just kept going. No, I mean, that, that's completely ridiculous. And I don't think that that is at all what happened. Not at all what happened. Um, you know, another conversation I usually get into is, well, why was he there? You know, and I know people are like, well, he came there to blah, 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 and that's wrong. You know, for me, it's this. It doesn't matter why he's there. Um, as an American citizen, he has the right to travel from state to state. Uh, as far as bringing his firearm, um, it really does just depend. You know, if you do bring a firearm over state lines and you violate another state's uh, firearm laws, you are subjected to answering that penalty, right? You have to answer for that penalty because you need to be up to date on the law. Ignorance is not an excuse. So, for example, Illinois, Missouri, Illinois is open carry. You, you know, and in particular in St. Louis City to uh, to have a firearm displayed, not concealed, you need to have a concealed carry card. I know, right? So in St. Louis City, to have your firearm on display, not concealed, you need to have the concealed carried card, right? So in Illinois, in order to carry a weapon and possess a weapon, you need to have a Floyd card. Um, if you come to St. Louis City, right, and your weapon's concealed, and you're searched by an officer, and you're like, hey, my weapon's concealed, I don't have an open carry permit here, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, but also, I'm from Illinois. Here's my Floyd card. Boom. You're covered. It's your right to have a firearm wherever you seem fit. Now, you're also in accordance with state law. That's important. Now, if he did violate state law, he should answer for that because he violated their laws. That's not that's not fair. He needs to play by the same rules, right? You know, so people being, so people on that one, they might, ha they might have a, a mark on them there. But I'm going to digress from that and continue. Um, regardless, if he is in accordance with their state law, we'll, we'll go with this route. He's allowed, to, he's allowed to have a firearm, right? So that's not against them. That, that's within his rights. Um, if he wants to travel out of state to a protest, that's fine. That's within his rights. If he wishes to offer his services for payment or even for gratitude to a business owner to help them look after the business, that's fine. That's within his rights, Right. If he doesn't want to agree with you, that's within his rights. If he's fleeing from a mob of people trying to attack him, that's unfortunately within his rights, right? He's allowed to defend himself. Now, to what extent of the law, now to what extent, you know, the law has made a determination, was his, like, was his actions reasonable? Was the crowd reasonable? Because you have to also say, well, if they're chasing him, is that reasonable? Are they pursuing him for a reasonable reason? You know, is it reasonable? Even though they said, well, he's armed, we need to disarm him. But is that reasonable? Do they have the right to disarm him? Do they have the right to assault him? Right? If it's found that he did something like maybe he flourished them, which is uh, exhibiting a weapon at a person, and they chased him down, you might be able to make an excuse. However, if he's just guarding a store, some words were exchanged, you know, probably some curse words uh, and some ill language, and now we're, we're chasing him down. You might find that a judge would decide, well, they're at, the crowd's actions were unreasonable, right? So I think a lot of this is going to come down to what was reasonable, what was not reasonable. Um, now, was it right or wrong? You know, I can't say. I can't say if Kyle's actions were right or wrong. I wasn't there. Um, I wasn't there. And quite frankly, 
like everybody else in the country. If you're not there, you're only going to get tidbits of information, and the information is only going to be as good as the sources it's coming from. Um, according to what I saw on Twitter um, from people who were posting, seemingly, I, I feel as it happened, um, iffy, but could be correct. He could be in the right. It looked like he was running away from an angry mob of people who were trying to assault him. Now, other information I've gotten from you know, just kind of surfing the web and different articles, you know, he's definitely in the wrong on certain things. I don't know if he's going to be charged with murder. He could have violated some type of weapons law, though, with bringing the weapon into Wisconsin without, you know, being a proper age. And, you know, they have different weapon laws. I'm not for sure what their weapon, what their weapon laws are. Their weapon laws are definitely different than Illinois. Uh, I know Illinois has huge restrictions on firearms. Um so we'll have to see there, um, you know, I do know this though, that while the Rittenhouse thing was happening, hashtag, hashtag call the cops trended number one on Twitter. Um, and this was actually something that, and I hate 4chan, but people on 4chan are so brutal to each other. It's not even funny, but uh, there was a there was a joke going on on 4chan that you know you guys are protesting the police, something happens and now we're all screaming call the you know call the cops and that's why I was trending on Twitter because right before that in Kenosha trending on Twitter number one was uh, I think it was either hashtag f the police or it was hashtag dismantle and defund police, but as soon as something bad happened you know it was. And it was even on video. Some guys like call the cops. We need to call the cops. We need to call the cops. And it's like okay, you know. So that was trending on Twitter. Um, so that was you know, and a couple other things were uh, were trending were trending on Twitter that I thought were interesting. Um, so that's kind of my opinion on that. Uh, here in a moment, you know, we're gonna go ahead and get into a couple other little uh, updated things about George, about uh, Jacob Blake and George Floyd, and then I'll conclude our episode. All right, guys. So the last thing I'm going to bring you in this episode is just a couple real quick updates, and this is relative to uh, Jacob Blake and George Floyd. I don't know if everybody's heard, but the dispatch audio from Jacob Blake was released. Um, this get This does give some validity to what the police officers were saying. Once again, I'm still iffy on the shooting. I'm waiting for other facts. Uh, the first fact that I actually uh, found out just yesterday was um, apparently there was in I am I'm still iffy I'm still iffy I'm hearing reports there was I'm hearing reports there wasn't I'm gonna be fair here I'm hearing reports I know what you guys are gonna say of course they would say that I know but I'm hearing reports from law enforcement right the law enforcement there is saying hey uh, you know this guy had a gun it was on the floorboard right. Um, but the direct, the, but I'm bringing the biggest update, which is the audio the dispatch audio is, um, that, you know, there was a call for domestic disturbance to officers relative to a Jacob Blake, uh, the woman who called, which remain unnamed, of course, um, states that he took her keys and will not give them back. And that now they're involved in a domestic, uh, scuffle, uh, call came out as also with an additional note. Subject is a 99. I, uh, I guess that's their code for like wanted or a or an individual with warrants. Um, this was relative to uh, several felonious warrants. That's what the call from dispatch was. And as you listen to dispatch, you you, you really don't hear anything for a minute. And then you hear the officers call shots fired, shots fired. Uh, 
you know, send, send rescue. And, um, you know, from there, we all know what happened on the rest. Now with George Floyd, uh, there was an update that there was a phone call that was leaked between the mayor and the ME um, and the George Floyd case. And the ME stated that, you know, basically she found that he had so much fentanyl in his system that if he was found to be lifeless in his residence, it'd be ruled a natural OD. Um, there's also been additional uh, frames from the, from, I guess, the body cam. I don't know. You know, I'm going to wait and see. I know, the, I know the agency was talking about, you know, maybe making sure nothing's been doctored and whatnot, but there have been reports that uh, if you freeze a frame, you can see a fentanyl tablet or pill on George Floyd's tongue. Um, there's also additional um, information there, but I'm going to wait to uh, to hear more about that before I push that out as fact. Um, any updates I get further will probably just be on the social media pages. You know, my whole thing about my whole thing about this is, you know, I want the body cam from Kenosha. I want to see the body cam because I feel like we were lied to in George Floyd's case. I feel like we were lied to a lot. Um, I, you know, I feel like the media ran this as racist white cop killed black man. No reason. The body cam came out and changed at least people I talked to. It changed a lot of people from being like, those guys are homicidal maniacs to, well, wait a minute. We, mm, yeah, we might have to get a court case on that one, you know? Um, so I don't, I, I, I want to see the body cam. I want to see what happened when we arrived, what happened whenever we, um, you know, what, what, how do we get from getting out of our squad cars to being behind, you know, Mr. Blake's vehicle in a scuffle? Um, did he draw a knife? I'm hearing reports, you know, he drew a knife. He produced a knife. That's why we all got off of him. That's what law enforcement saying. Okay, cool. Cool. Where's your body cam? Do we know? What can we What can we see? You know, either way, um, another important update, as, some, as you know, probably most of you know by now, Mr. Blake did not succumb to his injuries. Um, you know, very sadly, he is uh, paralyzed. Uh, at this point, it's been deemed a, a permanent paralysis due to the injuries. Um, I believe when the bullets did hit him in the spine, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, so, you know, we, we do hope that, you know, no matter how this plays out, I hope that, you know, hopefully through some type of, you know, therapy, uh, physical therapy or uh, feats of medical practice, he will be able to walk again. Because um, I think going your whole life walking and then becoming paralyzed out of a violent situation is extremely uh, unfortunate. Uh, so that is all we have for you today. Um, I really do think that a lot of this violence has to stop. A lot of it, a lot of it has to stop. Um, you know, I, I very thoroughly believe that, you know, we're going to need to come together with more conversation. We're going to have to, if we're going to make this work. Because if not, this isn't going to work. We're, we're not going to get change. We're not going to get the change that we want. We're not going to get change that we needed. Um, so I think that we're going to really need to come together as a people and try to figure this out. So that's all I got for you guys today. If you'll stick around for my closing, please, I will give you guys everything you need to know about how to contact Views from the Arch. And until next time, remember, socially distance, 
stay healthy, practice the Socratic method, and everybody, please stay happy. Okay, guys, that was another phenomenal episode of Views from the Arch talking about uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. I know on this one, I was way more opinionated. However, let me hear what you guys think. Shoot me your thoughts. Shoot me your questions. If you want to update me, maybe I was wrong on something. I get things wrong all the time. Let me know. Drop me a message. You can find me on Anchor. Feel free to message the podcast there. You can also find me on Facebook. I will have links to all these below. You will also be able to find me on Twitter at Views from the Arch. You will also be able to find us on Spotify, where I hope you're hearing this podcast. I love Spotify the most personally. Um, You will also be able to find our email. You can actually get that email if you go to the Facebook page. And like I said, I will be placing all the links to all my social medias in the section below. So please try to check out the uh, additional section if you're on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. And please, please, please spread the podcast. We're new, I'm growing, I'm learning, but I need your help to help get me to the next level, which is to get views up and to hopefully get into a realm where we can really start to branch out and explore other options as far as interviewing people and things of that nature. Remember, please, if you're feeling generous, feel free to support the program by hitting the support um, link below. All the contributions will go towards getting better equipment for the studio. We'll go towards setting up interviews and we'll go towards travel to try to get to some places to uh, get some events captured. We will at some point be on YouTube. Thank you.